of Dynasty After Dark. I'm your host Calvin Timms and welcome back to another episode. Uh, this is going to be the NFC North breakdown following up on the AFC North breakdown earlier this week and um, yeah if you've noticed I'm not the best at transitioning when the, the podcast starts. I think I said I'm your host. If not uh, I'm your host Calvin Timms. Find me over on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin and yeah it's been a been a wild couple of days here. Um, nothing really in the fantasy community. Nothing going on right now with football. It's a uh, a lot of interesting stories about how Tua needs to work on his deep ball, and yeah, it's just peak off season right now. But uh, <laughs> the uh, the my my dog is actually uh, in a little bit of pain today, and it kind of breaks your heart, you know. I don't know if anybody's had a dog out there, but. My dog, we were playing fetch, and he went too hard yesterday, and uh, um, he started limping last night just randomly out of nowhere. I don't know why, and uh, yeah, the thing is, we don't know why, and now i got to take him to the vet tomorrow, so i got to work from home, and yeah, it's just been a whole mess there, so hope everybody else's week is going a little bit better, but thank you guys again for joining, um, and I'm excited to break down the NFC North because... This is what a lot of people have called one of the weaker divisions in football right now. And I I disagree. I'm a lot higher on teams like the Lions and the Vikings than I think most people are. Uh, But yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, And this time I'm going to start with probably the worst team in the division by far, which is the Chicago Bears. So the Chicago Bears... um, had a very interesting NFL draft this year. And you can see here, again, I, I covered this on Monday but um, or Sunday, whenever that was. But this is our lads. Um, you, they're great for just depth charts, stuff like that. And you can see all the uh, players here on the starting, starting roster, the depth chart that they are predicting for the start of the season. And uh, all the players when they were drafted or signed to the team and um, the green players here are all the rookies that they added. So the biggest thing is um, the Bears had, they it was a rough spot for the Bears in this year's draft. I don't think they had a second round pick. No, they had two seconds. Okay. So they had two second round picks. Um, it was, they went defense with both of their first two picks and they got good players. They're whole team is just kind of a mess right now. So um, the Chicago Bears, they have a new head coach. They have a new offensive coordinator. Um, They have, and this is my wife off here to the side. She's saying hi. Um, But the, uh, they have a new offensive coach, defensive, uh, or sorry, they have a new head coach, defensive minded Matt Eberflus uh, coming over from the Indianapolis Colts and uh, they got a new offensive coordinator Luke Getze out of Green Bay he was a quarterback coach for uh, for Aaron Rodgers over there so it's a very interesting group here because they're they're moving on from uh, who was it um, oh the man is blank in my mind um, oh goodness what is his name I can see his face. I just can't see his name. Uh, the old head coach of the Bears here. Um, sorry, it's been a rough start to this podcast, but hopefully it'll get better here as we go on. So they moved on from him, um, 
and it's going to come to me in the middle of the podcast. I, I can already feel it. But they're going with a defensive-minded head coach, which was extremely interesting because a lot of people expected them to go with an offensive-minded head coach to build around Justin Fields, the quarterback that they took last year in the first round. Um, everybody seems to really like Justin Fields as a talent, but... Man, they he's in a rough spot as a starter, uh, second-year quarterback here because going into this offseason, they had really no weapons around him at wide receiver. Um, they've got they've got Dave Montgomery coming back at running back. They've got uh, Cole Komet at tight end, and they had Darnell Mooney at wide receiver, who's a young. All those guys are very, very young, still kind of developing with the offense, and they really didn't do much in the offseason, and they really didn't do much in the draft. So it's just kind of a rough start for Justin Fields this year. And then they went with a defensive head coach as well. Uh, but they did get a very good, potentially, um, offensive coordinator. If you ever hear Aaron Rodgers talk about Luke Getze from his time with the Green Bay Packers, it was very, very positive. He really liked him. So I'm interested to see what he can bring over to the offensive side of the ball. But he's got a, he's got a tough road ahead of him, like I keep saying. So... Um, you can see here the starting running back is going to be Dave Montgomery. He's kind of the one of the last bell cows available um, in in fantasy football right now. So I really do love that. They didn't add anything to really press him at all uh, in the draft. Khalil Herbert is still the backup with Darrington Evans behind him. Um, Evans was a little bit of an interesting prospect a couple years ago, but nothing really since then. But yeah, Khalil Herbert showed very well last year. Luke Getze coming over from Green Bay. We'll see if he goes with more of a um, more of a committee backfield here versus what Dave Montgomery's been getting when he was the uh, the sole back for the team last year and the year before. Um, man, what is the old head coach's name? It's gonna bug me until I remember what his name was. Um, but. Yeah, Dave Montgomery might see a little bit of a downtick in snaps because of how good Khalil Herbert was last year. Uh, Justin Fields, again, is the quarterback with Trevor Simeon as the backup quarterback here. Nothing really there that's going to push Justin Fields. Uh, It's basically still his backfield, but... Again, he doesn't have the best receiving options, which I'm which I'm about to get to right here. So Cole Komet is a um, is the tight end. He's been there. This is year three for him. Uh, he's somebody in Dynasty that I'm very very excited about. I think that he has the potential to jump into the top twelve of the tight end uh, rankings this year. Mostly because of volume, just pure volume, because of who's on this roster, and also because of talent. He was the probably best tight end of his class. Uh, there hasn't really been a good tight end class since 2019, roughly, uh, which was Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson. I think that was 2019. Um, so it's been kind of a weaker tight end class for the last couple of years. Last year was pretty good with Pitts and um, Pat Fryermuth, but it's been up and down, right? So Cole Komet was probably the best tight end out of that 2020 class going into it. Um, he's looked very good when given the opportunity on the field. So I really like him. If you're in a tight end premium or you're in desperate need of a tight end, I think you could take a good shot on Cole Komet and be rewarded this year because, like I said, I think he's going to break that top 12. There's always somebody that kind of jumps up there. He's in year three, which is typically when tight ends break out. And uh, yeah, I think that the opportunity is just right there. It's all over your face right there. So um, yeah, Cole Komet, love him there. But now you get to the wide receivers and this is where it falls off the face of the earth. Uh, they got Darnell Mooney, who's very 
interesting for fantasy. He's a very tiny guy, um, fifth round pick a couple years ago. He has been very good on the field. Uh, there's a couple clips, I think, um, not last year, but the year before, of him just toasting Jalen Ramsey on a couple routes. So he's very, very good at that piece of the game, um, but he's not a number one guy. That's that's the biggest problem. And the other wide receivers that they got, Byron Pringle, Equinemius St. Brown, Valus Jones Jr., who they drafted this year in the third round, David Moore, um, Nasimbo Webster. I mean, this is who we're working with here. It's just not very exciting whatsoever. So um, the th- that's the biggest issue, I think, for this this uh, roster completely is just the lack of receiving options. So um, I don't think that there's any wide receivers that I really want to roster other than Darnell Mooney for fantasy. I think he's somebody that could be a little interesting. He could have week-to-week um, startability, flexibility, but he's not someone that I'm going to rely on every single week, and I think that he's going to be it's going to be tough for him out there. So the other biggest issue, too, real quick, on uh, the Chicago Bears offense is their offensive line needs work. And you can see here they added a ton of guys late in the draft. They added one at every position later in the draft. But they're all 5th, 6th, and 7th rounders. So the chances that any of these guys make it is already a long shot and at best they're just going to be uh, rotational pieces for this offense. So that's not great either for Justin Fields and this offense because he was getting cream last year and Matt Nagy, boom, got it. Man, I told you guys it'd be in the middle of the podcast. Uh, But yeah, they were getting creamed under, under Matt Nagy last year. Didn't really do much to improve that and yeah, it's just kind of rough. So The good news for anyone who is still in on Justin Fields, like myself, I I love Justin Fields' talent. Um, I own him in four out of my six dynasty leagues, right? I do love him a lot, and the long-term viability of Justin Fields, I know there's a lot of stories out there that are like, oh, he's not their guy, they didn't invest in him at all, blah, 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 blah. The whole team needs help, right? They they needed a lot of help. They had no first-round pick. They had two seconds, which they used on the defense. They've got a lot of older defensive guys. they got a defensive head coach. It makes sense that they're going to go with uh, with defensive picks there, even as much as we hate it in the fantasy community. The good news about this team is next year, already, before they do anything, b- before they re-sign any players, before they um, extend any players, kind of convert some of those salaries to, to signing bonuses and yada yada, all the tricks you can do with the salary cap next year, they have a hundred million in, in uh, salary cap space next season, so they are going to be big players in the free agency market next year. They've got their first round pick. Um, it's a good, very, very good offensive class again for wide receivers. The number one wide receiver might be Justin Fields' old teammate um, Jackson Smith Njigba. I think that's how you say his last name. Um, so yeah, next year. They can go all out on Justin Fields and really, really build around him. So I do like that for the Bears long term, but 2022 might be a little tough for them. So that's my thoughts on the Bears. Um, Again, David Montgomery, I think, is going to be fine. He was fine last year with this terrible offensive line. Uh, Justin Fields, I think, for fantasy is going to be just fine. He's so mobile and so athletic that he's going to be just fine. He doesn't have a ton of weapons, but he's going to be able to make up for it himself. So 
That's why I like him. And then Cole Komet, just from a pure volume standpoint, really love him on this team. So uh, that's all the the fantasy relevant changes from this last draft. And uh, yeah, you can see it, it. They went heavy on the defensive side, but they had a lot. <laughs> they signed a lot of rookies. A lot of these were um, these were. Uh, I think the CF twenty two. I think that means that they were. Um, after they were the free agents that didn't get drafted that's who they signed after the after the fact so they signed a lot of guys they're really trying to flip this roster and I like Matt Eberflus for this defense I really do but I really want to see what Luke Getze can do for the offensive side of the ball so that's my thoughts on the Bears it's going to be rough if you're a Bears fan but um, for fantasy I still think there's some viable options they might not be superstars but again this is fantasy football is so uh, so tricky, right? Because a lot of people, oh, if you don't have Christian McCaffrey, if you don't have Jonathan Taylor, your team is terrible. You need depth, guys. You really do. Cole Komet, he's a great option that you can get for like maybe a second or a third round pick, right? If you gave up a starting or a rookie pick, um, if you gave up a rookie pick for Cole Komet, got a second or third round for him. Man, I would love that because, again, I think he can, has the potential to break top 12, maybe even higher, maybe higher. Um, again, I'm working on my rankings here, but we'll see where he, he ends up. So, yeah, do like some pieces of the, the Chicago Bears, but as a whole, definitely not putting my money on them to make the playoffs this year. So, all right, going into the Detroit Lions next, really no uh Changes from the coaching staff. Dan Campbell still the head coach. Uh, ben Johnson, offensive coordinator. Aaron Glenn is defensive coordinator. So not much change there. In the actual draft, um, they made a very big splash with. So the first pick, they they managed to luck into Aiden Hutchinson, uh, the Michigan defensive end. The Jacksonville Jaguars did not snag him number one overall. A lot of people's number one in this draft class was Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, goes to the Detroit Lions. You'll love to see it. His dad actually uh, is a doctor at a Detroit uh, hospital on the north side of Detroit. My brother-in-law actually works with him, and he was talking to him about all the all the draft nerve thing, which is pretty crazy. You know, the three degrees of separation or whatever that is, so... Three degrees, I know Aiden Hutchinson, which is crazy, right? I would love to meet him. That'd be so cool someday. But uh, So they made a splash already with the first-round pick, first overall pick that they had in this draft class. Then the second pick was at 32 overall, the Rams pick. They moved up big time to go get Jamison Williams, wide receiver out of Alabama. I love this landing spot so much. Um, Jamison Williams is one of – he was – one of my top three wide receivers going into the draft stays the top three wide receiver coming out of the draft. The only downside for Jameson Williams for fantasy this year is going to be the ACL. Uh, he's still recovering, so he might start off a little bit slower. And I know everyone says, oh, oh yeah, yeah, ACLs are nothing. It, rookies come back from those. I'm not worried at all. The only reason why for fantasy it kind of sucks is because he's not going to be able to start getting practice reps in until the start of the season. If you're missing all of training camp, all of the OTAs, all of that stuff, all of preseason, you're just not building the reps with um, Jared Goff. So he's just going to come online a little bit slower than we probably want. So it does kind of suck for that aspect, but 
the second half of the year, like maybe playoff time, Jameson Williams, I think is going to be really coming alive at that point. And then next year, the year after, this guy is a special talent. Again, I know it's so lazy to just compare everybody to Tyreek Hill, but Jameson Williams is legitimately explosive in his acceleration like Tyreek Hill. I don't think he's as good as Tyreek Hill. I'm not saying that. He has the potential to be because of his just difference-making speed and acceleration that he has. There's a lot of guys that are just quick, right? They, they run, oh, 4, 2, 8, 40, whatever it is. But they're not that good at change of direction, and that's where Jameson Williams is just deadly. That is where he is so good. So um, really love that. So going into the the um, Detroit Lions roster here, Jared Goff still the quarterback. They got Tim Boyle and David Blau behind him. Jared Goff is the starter. As long as he's there this year, he's a starter. They can move on from him after this year, but as of right now, he is like 38 million dead cap. Uh, they have nobody behind him. So he is ride or die this year before they try and maybe get somebody next year. Um, I could see them going for someone. If Jared Goff blows it yet again, they could definitely be going for a quarterback. I think they'll probably go for one regardless. But, um, yeah, this is definitely Jared Goff's team this year. So if you need a quarterback and a super flex, uh, man, Jared Goff is kind of interesting as a one-year rental minimum. He could potentially get more than that. If he balls out this year with the weapons that they have on this team, Jared Goff might be a two, three-year starter for the team. I know it's easy to hate on Jared Goff uh, because the Rams got rid of him. If the Rams didn't want him, then nobody does. But I think he's better than a lot of people give him credit for. So that's all my my thoughts on Jared Goff are. Um, clearly, the Lions like what they see in him. We'll just see if he can back it up on the field. So I, I have my reservations. I, I'm not the biggest fan of Jared Goff, but... Um, he can definitely surprise a lot of people potentially. This is a very loaded offense, uh, just pure talent all across the board. Uh, now, get to the running back position. They still got Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is a stud, second-round pick from a couple years ago. Jamal Williams, they signed him last year as a free agent. This is just a very good duo for fantasy football. And with the offense being better this year, I actually like these guys even more than last year because – the biggest problem with the Lions last year is their offense kind of sucked because they didn't really have any weapons. Amon Ross St. Brown was a rookie, uh, just kind of learning. He came along a little bit slower. Uh, they had no other real wide receivers on this team. Their only real weapons were uh, DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson. They both got injured for a long period of time. So a lot of the Lions drives just died. They didn't go anywhere, right? So if they can stay on the field, sustain more drives, it just means more scoring opportunities for everybody, right? Especially in PPR leagues, half PPR leagues, you're just getting more targets to everybody, more attempts, more rushing yards. So I think that that's great because it's not like last year, all their drives were ending with one player just blowing up and, and scoring it from 50, 60 yards out. No, it just didn't happen, right? They just they would go three and out, and then they'd punt it away. Then they'd sit on defense for a while, and it just it was miserable if you were a Lions fan. But I think they're finally in the right direction, um, and DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams will definitely have more opportunities this year going forward. Now, TJ Hawkinson, I mentioned him before. Uh, he was 2019, so there we go. But he... Um, He's very good as well. I think that he's one of the top six, seven tight ends in fantasy football. When he's playing and he's healthy, he's very, very good. And Jared Goff, 
is one of those quarterbacks I mentioned on last week's or last episode, which he loves to target the tight end position. He just does. He likes to target those guys. Um, Justin Fields so far seems to like to target those guys. Kirk Cousins, and we'll talk about him next probably. He likes to target those guys. Aaron Rodgers, not so much. So, um, yeah, TJ Hawkinson just meshes very well with Jared Goff and his skill set. Should get a lot of targets. And, yeah, he's definitely locked in for me as a top seven, eight tight end. Um, He's not top four, maybe top five. Again, I'm still working on the rankings. But, yeah, he's right in that six to seven range right there. So, or five to seven range. So, um, really love him for fantasy this year. Have no issues with that. Now, the wide receiver core, I talked on Jameson Williams. I love that. DJ Chark is a uh, free agent signing that they added this year. One-year deal, um, prove-it deal for DJ Chark. A lot of people are down on DJ Chark, and I just don't understand it. Uh, DJ Chark had, this is his fifth year in the league, I believe. He was was drafted in 2017, if I remember right. He was a top seven pick, eight pick, or maybe it was 2018. It was 2018. Um, he was like a, the number seven overall pick in that draft class. And he didn't do that well as a rookie. That's fine. His second year in the league, he just blew up. I think that was the majority Gardner Minshew league or year where, where Gardner kind of came out of nowhere and surprised a lot of people. He had like 1400 yards, um, 11, 12 touchdowns, if I remember right. And yeah, it was just a legitimate breakout season for uh, DJ Chark. Year three, he's beat up a little bit. Uh, The whole offense kind of struggles. That's the Nick Foles, Gardner Minshew split time year that year. And DJ Chark just didn't do well. Um, And a lot of people remember that year and put that on DJ Chark. But the whole offense was terrible that year. So I don't know why people are putting that on DJ Chark. Then last year, Torres ACL didn't play. So I don't understand why people are saying that DJ Chark is a bust. I don't I, like it. Just does not make sense to me. He had an opportunity in twenty what twenty. Um, if he was drafted in 20, 2019, he he showed out really really well. Ever since then, it's just been a, a nightmare situation around him. Um, it's Jacksonville. It's been a nightmare for years, right? So why are we blaming him? for things that are out of his control. I, I don't understand that. So I think that DJ Chark is a very sneaky ad here. Um, he could be very good for fantasy. And also, people don't think that he's going to be able to be re-signed by the team. Maybe he goes to the Detroit or uh, the Chicago Bears next year. That would be awesome for them. He, he's going to be a killer, man. I'm telling you. He's going to show people up this year, especially with Jamison coming in a little banked up and a little slow. DJ Chark and Amon Ross St. Brown, that's a nasty combo, in my opinion. So the last guy here, like I just mentioned, Amon Ross St. Brown, um, fourth-round pick last year. Oh, he was a fourth-round pick. He's going to be a bust. You can't draft a wide receiver in the fourth round. That means they're terrible. What are you doing? Oh, yeah, but uh, let's just ignore Tutu Atwell in the second round last year. So, you know, that's... uh, yeah, Amon Ross St. Brown showed a lot of people up last year. Very, very talented slot wide receiver. And that's where he belongs. He, he belongs in the slot. So um, a lot of people are down on him yet again because, oh, how is Detroit going to feed all these guys? They have a lot of mouths to feed. They do. Jared Goff, you know, he's not the best quarterback. He's not Tom Brady, you know. But um, I think that he can do just fine at maintaining these guys' fantasy value. 
there's going to be times where TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, even DJ Chark are a little beat up. You know, Jamison Williams is coming in slow. So Amon Ross St. Brown is probably going to start off really hot just to start the season. And yeah, he's probably going to have down weeks, but every wide receiver in fantasy football has down weeks. Even Jamar Chase last year, as good as he was, had down weeks last year. So I don't know why we're, I don't know what people are expecting from Amon Ross St. Brown. Are they expecting him to be top five? Well, if that's the case, then they're crazy. But is he going to be top 15, top 20? Yes. And I don't know why we're dinging him for that. So the only way I could see Amon Ra really getting hurt is if Jameson Williams comes on quicker and DJ Chark is as I kind of want him to be, as what I hope he can be, right? If he's a stud, Jameson Williams is a stud, it does make it a little tough, but Again, in PPR, Amon Ross St. Brown getting seven, eight targets a game, you know, he can easily just put up, he's a very high floor kind of player. And again, in fantasy, it's not about just having the elite guys. You don't just need a guy to put up 60 points in a week, right? Because the next week, he's probably not going to do that. So you need some high floor players as well to supplement in case those big guys don't go off, right? Uh, so that's my thoughts on the Detroit Lions. They do they do have one of the best offensive lines in the actual NFL right now. This is a nasty group. Taylor Decker, uh, he's a top five left tackle in the NFL. Panay Sewell, the very talked about tackle last year in last year's class. The whole Sewell versus Chase debate that went on and on and on and on. He's playing right tackle for the team. Really started to get the hang of it towards the end of the year. Um, I'm not even going to try and say the next guy's name. Uh, Vitae is all I'm going to say. Um, very, very good right guard. Jonah Jackson is probably the weakest link on this offensive line. And Frank Ragnow is the center. Um, Jonah Jackson at the left guard. So it's a very solid offensive line. That's why I really love DeAndre Swift. I think that he's going to have a lot of opportunity. Jared Goff, again, if you need a one-year rental. For fantasy, there is a lot to like about the Detroit Lions. I think that Lions fans, this is the best time to ever be a Lions fan because they are definitely finally making some good moves and really kind of working on um, the upswing on the team. And there's good things for the Lions coming. I really believe in Dan Gamble as a head coach. All right, so we're going to skip the Green Bay Packers, go to the Minnesota Vikings here. So the Minnesota Vikings also have a new head coach, uh, Kevin O'Connell coming over from the Rams. The I think he was the offensive coordinator officially for the Rams, um, but we all know that's Sean McVay. So he was the offensive helper, <laughs> we'll call him that. So um, Wes Phillips is going to be his OC for the team, but I believe kind of it's already been stated that Kevin O'Connell is going to be um, calling most of the plays and creating most of the offense for the team. Um, Ed Donatel is a very good defensive coordinator. This is a very good staff um, to have for for a new head coach. But yeah, you go into the, oh, they also have a new GM as well. Um, so same with the Chicago Bears. I forgot to mention that. But both of these teams have new GM, so it's a different strategy going into this year's draft, and it really kind of paid off. Um, I think the GM is a very analytics-minded GM, made a couple trade backs. They're actually the ones that traded from 12 overall with the Viking, or with the uh, Lions to give them Jamison Williams, which is kind of interesting. 
because they do need a wide receiver. So it would have been interesting to see them take someone like Jamison Williams there. That would have been very, very fun for fantasy football. So um, again, you can see they went very heavy on the defensive side of the ball in this year's draft uh, with their earlier picks. They did spend a second round pick on a right guard trying to improve that for the team, uh, just making slight tweaks to the offensive line. It's The offensive line was an issue for many, many years, but they're slowly starting to get this thing into a good spot, you know. Um, It's still not a top 10 offensive line in in football, but I think it's probably top 20. It's middle of the pack. It should be good enough. And we saw last year it wasn't really a problem for the team. So I think that as long as they can do good enough, this offense can be very, very good. And um, the one thing about Kevin O'Connell coming over from Sean McVay, the Kyle Shanahan, um, Mike Shanahan tree that all these, the the West Coast offense that these guys all run, right? Kirk Cousins, we've seen him in a West Coast scheme for basically his his entire career. He's always thrived in it. So Kevin O'Connell is going to just make Kirk Cousins look amazing yet again. Um, Kirk Cousins for fantasy football in a super flex, I I think he's going to be, it's really hard to put him outside of the top 12, which is crazy because he doesn't really offer much on the ground. He has no legs whatsoever, but he's just, I would not be shocked if he throws for like 5,500 yards this year with this team. So um, he can easily get about 30, 35 touchdowns again. And yeah, Kirk Cousins, I love it a lot for fantasy football. Um, Again, they have nobody really behind him that's worth anything. Uh, so it's the Kirk Cousins show. There's no real uh, ambiguity here for the team. It's just going to be Kirk going forward. And I think they also ex- uh, signed him to an extension this year as well through, I think it's through 2024 with a no trade clause in it now. So yeah, he's going to be here for a while. So I really like Kirk Cousins for fantasy football. Um and Superflex, if you can get him for a like a later first-round pick, I think he's totally worth it, especially in the 2022 draft class where there's no real tight end or uh, sorry, no quarterbacks that are worth that pick. Like he's better than all of them by far. So yeah, if you can get Kirk Cousins for a later or even a mid first-round pick, I'm all over that in fantasy. All right, now running backs, we still got Dalvin Cook. We've got Alexander Madison and some guys behind him, but it doesn't really matter. It's the Dalvin Cook show. It will continue to be the Dalvin Cook show until he shows signs of falling off the cliff completely. Dalvin is getting a little bit older. Um, I believe he's going on his age 27 season this year. Uh, he's got a lot of workload on his on his body, but... He should be fine at least for one more year. He hasn't shown any signs of when he can't when he's out there on the field, he's very good. Sometimes he gets banged up and he doesn't play the entire game, which kind of sucks, but usually you know if he's going to be active or not. And when he's active, he's good. So um Dalvin Cook, still an amazing running back. Love him. I don't know if he's as high in the rankings. Like the last couple of years, he's been top five almost every single year. Don't know if he's there yet, um, if he's still going to be there. But once I get to my rankings here in the next couple of days, I think just due to age, you have to kind of drop him down a little bit, maybe a tier or two. And it sucks because it's just 
ageism, right? Um, Dalvin Cook could go on to play until he's 35 at the same level. It'd be extremely unpredictable if that happened, but it is entirely within the realm of possibility. None of us know. But yeah, Dalvin Cook, do love him quite a bit, especially for this season. Alexander Madison, again, probably one of the best handcuffs in fantasy football uh, without Dalvin being injured. Really not much value to him. I doubt it's going to be a Tony Pollard situation. It might be um, where Tony Pollard the, for the Dallas Cowboys, if um, if Zeke wasn't playing. I mean, Tony Pollard was the better running back last year, let's be honest. Al, Alexander Madison still hasn't passed up Dalvin Cook, so uh, not giving that to him just yet. Uh, so, yeah, Dalvin Cook, definite clear starter, top 10 running back in fantasy football. Love that right there. Uh, tight end situation, they did lose Tyler Croft. Um, he went over to, or yeah, Tyler Croft went over to the New York Jets. Um, Irv Smith is coming back, and we all know, like I said, Kirk Cousins loves to target the tight end position. Irv Smith was a massive breakout candidate last year. Injured himself, I think, in preseason with a foot or leg injury uh, that required surgery and just took him out for the entire year, like one week before the start of the season. Really just a kick in the nads for everyone that was really high on Irv Smith, including myself. Um, but yeah, this is finally his year. It's uh, He was 2019, so this is what, year four for him? So it's kind of time for him to prove it. You know, everyone was excited about him because last year was year three, the breakout year for tight ends, but this is year four. And I think he might actually be a post-hype sleeper uh, just because everyone was so excited. And then the injury kind of derailed the whole thing. We never got to see him last year at all. So people are going to forget about him. And I think that that's a mistake. Um, If you look at the other weapons on this team, I mean, Dalvin's great. Uh, But the wide receivers, they've got K.J. Osborne, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson. That's not, Adam Thielen is getting real old, man. He's like 32, 33 years old. That's not the most reliable for fantasy football. I think that that Irv Smith could be, you know, he could realistically be the number two target on this team. I don't think it'll happen. I think it'll be close between him and Thielen, but it wouldn't shock me if he had the second most targets on the team. So, uh, that's my thoughts on Irv Smith. Really love him. If you can get him, same as Cole Komet, for a late like third-round pick, grab him. He's going to be a steal. Again, offensive line made some improvements in the second, but really not much else. They're an okay group. Nothing nothing crazy there. Nothing really changed there either uh, in free agency. So, um, yeah, just moving on to the wide receivers, who I mentioned before. They got K.J. Osborne again, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is just a superstar. Love that kid. Uh, Top three, basically, wide receiver in the NFL drafts, fantasy drafts right now. Uh, All depends on who you're – I mean, most most people have him top two. Excuse me, top two, uh, him or Jamar Chase. But I've seen him in a few places fall to three behind like um, – who is it that I'm thinking of? Oh, what's his face? Uh, DK Metcalf. That's the only other guy I've seen up in that group. And it's kind of a mistake in my opinion, but I have seen it. So, uh, yeah, love Justin Jefferson. No problem with him. He's going to be a stud yet again. The dude is just so freaking good. Like, I liked him coming out from 
college that year, but I did not expect him to be as good as he's been in the NFL. It's just crazy how good he's been. Um, Adam Thielen, not really loving him anymore. He's just too old, man. Can't stay healthy. Uh, when he's on the field, he's usually pretty good, but I'm not banking on that for fantasy. The problem is he's so old now, you're probably not going to get anything. So he's he's better just to keep on your roster than to trade anything for at this point uh, because you're not going to be able to get him for a fair value where you're not just overpaying massively. And I don't think he's going to deliver on what you're paying up for. So uh kind of sucks. And then the third wide receiver for the team is nobody cares. Uh, they haven't had a relevant third wide receiver in about a decade or more. So yeah, it's it's basically the Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith show and Dalvin Cook show on this team, which is kind of nice for fantasy. You know who to target. And I think that all of those guys have massive potential. Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson could finish as top five in their position. Again, um, I think they've both done it the last couple of years. Dalvin might not have been top five last year. I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, he missed a couple of games, but maybe it was points per game basis. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, Irv Smith is the only one that's kind of a mystery, but like, everyone was so high on him last year. I don't know why one injury that he, he's had a whole year to recover from would continue to push him down. So I'm buying Irv Smith everywhere I can in fantasy. So yeah, Minnesota Vikings, I think that they are primed to make a playoff run, especially in the NFC, which is a little weaker right now. I mean, when you look at the AFC, you can make an argument for 14 of the 16 AFC teams to make playoffs, which is nuts. When only seven teams make it, right? Half of the teams that you think are potential uh, playoff teams aren't going to make it, which is just, that's an insane amount of depth right now in the AFC. Flip side, you got the NFC, where you got like four teams that you're pretty sure are going to make it. And then it's like, anybody's game, whoever wants wants these last three spots, <laughs> they're up for grabs. So uh, all you got to do is not suck. So I think the Vikings are very primed. Um, I think the Lions are very primed as well to make a playoff push. And I'm excited to see what they do with this new coaching staff. It could take a little bit of time for these guys to all click, but again, Kevin O'Connell, still an, uh, one of those West Coast guys. I think that it should be a pretty easy transition over for what Kirk Cousins and the offense is used to. So that's my thoughts on the Minnesota Vikings. Draft really didn't change much for them. Um, it was pretty pretty uh, basic draft. They really hammered the defense, like you can see here. Um, went corners, you know, free safety, edges, yeah. Really hammered the defensive side of the ball, which is great because they actually need a defense to be able to stop people. Though, for fantasy, that might be the worst thing because it was great having the Vikings last year. I think they lost like all of their games last year by like less than seven points almost every single game last year. It was crazy. Um, they won or lost by less than seven in every single game last year. Just nuts, right? So, um, yeah. It, it's those kind of shootouts that you want for fantasy because it just keeps it a lot more tense for fantasy, uh, keeps people wanting to score more points instead of kind of just throwing in the towel. So, yeah, I do like that quite a bit. All right, now the Green Bay Packers, last team in the NFC North. Still same uh, head coach. They do lose their offensive coordinator, um, Nathaniel Hackett, goes over to Denver to be their new head coach. Uh, defensive coordinator Joe Barry still the same. Rich Bia, 
Biasia, um, the Raiders interim head coach last year, is coming over to be the special teams coach. So really no effect on fantasy right there, but just kind of interesting. Everyone wanted to see him get a shot because of how he handled the Raiders last year, managed to drag them to playoffs basically as the interim head coach uh, after John Gruden got fired. And he did a really, really good job. Uh, it was really impressive what he was able to do. But so a lot of he didn't end up getting picked for the head coach, and a lot of people were upset about that. But Green Bay brought him in and made him the special teams coordinator, and I think it's a great landing spot. So um, do you like that for him? Congratulations to Rich for that piece. So, all right, now the biggest offseason talking point for the Green Bay Packers was the loss of their star wide receiver, Devontae Adams. And speaking of the Raiders, they traded Devontae Adams to the Raiders for a first and second round pick in this year's draft. Um, didn't use either one of their first round picks on a wide receiver yet again, though this year I will give them a slight uh, slight break on this because by the time the Green Bay Packers picked with their first pick, I think seven wide receivers were off the board. So... It was a, it was rough. Uh, it was a rough year for wide receivers if you needed one because they went early this year. So um, yeah, they used neither one of their first round picks on a replacement for Devontae Adams, and they lost uh, Marquise Lee or uh, Mercedes Lewis. Um, why no that MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling? What am I thinking? Um, mixing up like four different guys here. Uh, Mark. Uh, MVS, he went over to, who was it? The, oh, the Kansas City Chiefs. They signed him in the offseason. So Aaron Rodgers lost not only his number one, but also his number two wide receiver in free agency. Not great, Bob. Not great. The uh, Packers did sign Aaron Rodgers to a like four year extension, like massive money. It was like 50 million plus a year. Um, and when he decides to retire, I think it's in like 2024, if he retires in 2024, it's like 75 million dead cap, 75 million. What in the world are you going to do with 75 million people? The, the Atlanta Falcons are struggling right now with 50 million from, uh, the Matt Ryan trade that they just did this off season. What are you going to do with 75 million dead cap? That is just an insane number, but They've got a plan, I guess. So we'll see what the what that plan is. Maybe they keep Jordan Love around for after Aaron Rodgers, but goodness gracious, that's rough. So quarterback still Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's not going anywhere for fantasy. He's kind of interesting for superflex because he's older, right? He, he's definitely getting up there in age. I think he's thirty nine. We've seen Tom Brady what he can do. He's like forty five this year. It's just still going. Aaron Rodgers has that potential. He does keep himself in pretty good shape. Um, Hasn't shown any signs of falling off, kind of like Peyton Manning did at the end of his career. So for fantasy, if you could get two, three years of MVP caliber Aaron Rodgers, would you take it? And I think the answer should be yes, but it is scary nonetheless. So um, Aaron Rodgers, MVP two years in a row, Definitely going to try and make his case for year three. Um, if he can get it again with this receiving core, it will be something impressive. So uh, that said, love Aaron Rodgers. Um, definitely getting older, like I said, and uh, a little risky from that piece of it. 
Jordan Love is kind of interesting still, uh, just for a super cheap startup pick or rookie pick if you can. Sorry, I got startup on my brain. I, I'm going through a, a high dollar startup right now, and just yeah, all of the picks are just flowing through my brain right now. Um, but yeah, if you could get Jordan Love for a, a later um, rookie pick, like a fourth round rookie pick, it might be worth it just to stash him. Because if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, there's no one else that they're going to be able to go to. So Jordan Love would have his run of the team. And I know that Jordan Love has a bad rap because his one game last year, he didn't do well. The one game of his career, he didn't do well against the Kansas City Chiefs who just blitzed him on like 60% of the plays. They blitzed him. He had no time with the starters. They blitzed him like crazy. But yeah, let's trash him for that, you know? Yeah, dude's terrible because he wasn't able to to win against the Chiefs in that game. Wow, why would we ever expect that? So, um, but yeah, Jordan Love's a little interesting because if anything happens to Aaron Rodgers, he's their go-to. They have no other option. So, kind of interesting interesting there. Now, the running backs, again, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Coming back yet again, they've got a couple guys behind that, but nobody really interesting there. A.J. Dillon, second-round pick from a couple years ago. Aaron Jones, very, very interesting for fantasy this year. Uh, He's had a a history the last couple seasons of being very boomer bust. Um, He'll have just massive blow-up games, and then the next week he might kill you, right? And then he's up kind of as high, but not as high, and then not as low, and it's just kind of been a whole roller coaster with Aaron Jones the last couple seasons. Now, this year, though, with the loss of both of the top wide receivers, he's kind of the de facto number one wide receiver for this team, which is crazy because he's a running back, right? So I really like Aaron Jones for fantasy. I have been contemplating this in a couple leagues what would you give up for Aaron Jones right now? And I don't know. Is he worth a first? It's tough, right? If you could guarantee me top five production from Aaron Jones this year, yes, guaranteed he's worth a, uh, a first round pick. But is he going to get that? Is this the year that they go more towards A.J. Dillon? Because Aaron Rodgers is getting older. They don't have the weapons that they once had, you know? Maybe they try and turn it to A.J. Dillon and, and let him kind of control the pace on the ground. It's possible, but Aaron Jones, man, from a PPR, full PPR standpoint, very, very interesting. So this is a very good um, tandem of running backs, a thunder and lightning. I know that's one of the most overused phrases for running backs, but legitimately, A.J. Dillon is the thunder. He's just thunder thigh god over here, uh, quadzilla. And then you got Aaron Jones, who's the pass-catching, shiftier, quicker kind of guy more very very lightning-esque I will say so I do like the thunder and lightning of these two backs for fantasy AJ Dillon's a hard one to gauge for fantasy I think that he's a top 20 running back which gives him inherent value just based on the scarcity of the position Um, he hasn't really shown any propensity of getting hurt in his career so far so he's been when he's He's been healthy pretty much the whole time. It's just opportunity cost, right? Um, He hasn't been able to get a ton of opportunity. And again, this could be the year that they really try and break him out in the offense. So interested to see that. But yeah, I I do like A.J. Dillon quite a bit. And I think he's probably worth the second round pick right now. Um, If you can get him for a second, it's a steal. 
might be a first, though. And that's where it's kind of interesting. So if A.J. Dillon's worth a first, that would mean Aaron Jones has to be worth a first, right? But Aaron Jones is going on 27. And he looks more of his age, right? There's, Like I said earlier with um, well, well, Aaron Rodgers is a great example. 39 years old, doesn't really feel 39 for a quarterback, which is old for a quarterback, right? Aaron Jones feels like a 27-year-old running back. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. For fantasy, I do love both of these guys quite a bit because of the lack of wide receiver options. Now, going into the tight end, they got Robert Tanya back. He's coming off, in, I think, in a, either an ACL or an Achilles injury. Uh, they got Mercedes Lewis back um, and really nobody else. But like I keep mentioning, there's quarterbacks that like the tight end position. Aaron Rodgers is not one of them. Robert Tanyan, I don't trust him because he's coming off an of injury. Mercedes Lewis is like a thousand years old. Don't really trust him as well. So Aaron Rodgers, one of these two guys is probably going to steal a ton of touchdowns. They're probably going to have like eight, nine touchdowns between two of them or one of them combined. Um, but yeah, I don't really love either one of these for fantasy. So I'm I'm avoiding these guys for fantasy completely. Give me Cole Komet. Give me um, Irv Smith over both of these guys, hands down. Uh, wide receivers again. It's kind of a it's it's kind of a not great <laughs> not great Bob situation. Um, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, and the new rookie that they did draft in the second round, Christian Watson. They've got Amari Rogers as a third round pick from last year. Uh, Sammy Watkins is there as well. Romeo Dobbs. They took in the fourth round of this year's draft class. Some people like him more than Christian Watson, which is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a hodgepodge. One of these guys is going to be very, very good for fantasy. I cannot tell you which one it's going to be. It should be Christian Watson. The dude is a stud, but if you guys have been following the fantasy Twitter thing, there's already the meme that's going around of, um, Matt LaFleur pulls Christian Watson over and they're, they're having a conversation on the sidelines, um, of OTAs, right? And (laughs) the video is just so hilarious because, it's Christian Watson like making catching motions to Matt LaFleur and Matt LaFleur is like, no, this is it. It's like he's explaining to him how to catch a ball, which is just hilarious because that's the biggest problem with Christian Watson is he did not have the best hands in college. He's an athletic superstar, like a freak of nature, but he just did not have good hands. And it just looks like in the video Matt LaFleur is just, no, this is how you catch the ball. This is how you put your hands in. This is how you catch the ball. So it's just kind of funny that, uh, that yeah, I don't know if you can trust Christian Watson this year for fantasy. I know that he's, like, all over everybody's first-round draft boards, but, man, it's a risk. It is a definite risk for fantasy football. Again, physical freak, like a DK Metcalf-type athlete, but he does not have DK Metcalf's hands. That is for sure. So, yeah, a little bit of a risk there. Alan Lazar is the incumbent. He's the guy that's got the most uh, experience with Aaron Rodgers in this system. And I say that because Randall Cobb is still there as well. He probably has the most experience with Aaron Rodgers, but not in this system. He was traded from Houston last year, so it's a little bit fresh for him still. And he's old as dirt, you know. Nobody's really talking about uh, Randall Cobb. But the one interesting guy here, and Sammy Watkins signed, don't really care about that. Sammy Watkins, he'll play like two games this whole year. Um, 
so yeah, you gotta watch out for that. But other than that, um, I don't care. Uh, but Amari Rogers, the third round pick last year, is very interesting, and I know that everyone expects these rookies to just come out year one and just absolutely slaughter for fantasy. But sometimes it takes these guys a little bit of time to adjust to the NFL. And uh, Amari Rogers is someone I want to see what he can do this year. I'm not predicting a breakout from Amari Rogers, but. Man, it's been a long day. Um, But like I said, I'm not predicting a breakout for Amari Rogers, but I am interested to watch him. Um, Just somebody to keep on your radar. If we see anything from him in the beginning of the year, I would snag him up in a heartbeat. He is a big slot wide receiver, which is what they have him listed at here. And again, Randall Cobb is old as dirt. If he can't stay healthy, which has kind of been his M.O. the last couple of years, and Amari Rogers slots into the top three um, on the roster behind Lazard and Watson, it's kind of interesting. I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's very interesting. So for fantasy, um, Aaron Rodgers still think is fine. For fantasy, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, depending on the cost, are kind of interesting. I think Aaron Jones, if you want to win a title this year, has a very good chance of helping you do that. Wide receiver-wise and tight end-wise, I'm not touching any of these guys with a 10-foot pole unless I have to. Um, that's just my take on it. Again, I'm watching them. I'm watching Christian Watson. I'm watching Amari Rodgers. I'm watching Alan Lazard, but not trusting any of these guys for fantasy. So that's my thoughts here on the Green Bay Packers, and that's the last team. So um, thank you guys again for listening. This uh, this has been a fun breakdown. Next week, I think I'm going to go into the... I'll just go, you know, I'll, I'll just go by the, uh, the directions. We'll go AFC and NFC East next week. And yeah, that should be a good time. So I'm going to work my way through all of those. Then I think after I finish all of the uh, divisional breakdowns with these reviews, I'm going to go into some of my rankings for the summer. And I'm also working on... Um, in the next couple of weeks, I should start getting a couple of weekly podcasts with guests on. Um, now that I've got the new software layout for the podcast, hope you guys like it here. You know, my little face here in the corner um, with the screen and everything in the background. I think I know finally how to get a guest on here, which will be great. So um, let me know in the comments down below if there's anybody specifically that you're interested in hearing from and on any specific topics. Love to hear your guys' feedback there, Um, but I've got a few in mind that I'd like to try and get. But yeah, glad to hear any of your guys' feedback down below. Um, Please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe on the video. It just helps with the algorithm, puts the podcast out there a little bit more. Uh, If you guys have listened this far, thank you very much. Like I said, it was a rough start. I was not prepared mentally for the start of the podcast, but I think we got there. You know, we rallied and we finished strong. So, Thank you guys again so much for listening and have a good night.